I think many people in our culture are a little uncomfortable with the idea of Sabbath, that we should not work one day of every seven. And don't get me wrong, everybody loves the weekend, and I don't know of anybody who really wants to work seven days a week. But the hard reality is that we live in a 24-hour day, 365-day-a-year culture where all sorts of things are, pro are possible and expected, and people really are working around the clock. Sometimes we're even on call around the clock, pastors included. And more to the point, we like the opportunities that that allows us to be able to shop whenever we want, to be able to eat whenever we want, or even travel whenever we want. More than that, there's a cultural residue of what the Sabbath looks, looked like a century ago or more. And it was God's day and was very solemn. And people were expected to be very prim and proper. And a whole long list of thou shalt nots evolved all the things that you couldn't do on God's day on the Sabbath because they weren't proper or solemn. Not simply that you couldn't work on the Sabbath, but you couldn't do a lot of other things. No cooking, no shopping, no visiting except for very particular circumstances. The list went on and on and on. Kids generally summarized it this way. On the Sabbath, thou shalt not have any fun. The thing is, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to recognize any of that in the description of Sabbath that we have throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. Sabbath is meant to be a gift of God, and more than that, a recognition. A recognition that you and I do not have to work seven days a week in order to live a full life, in order to provide a full life for ourselves and our families. And nobody around us has to work seven days a week either. The Sabbath is God's way of pointing out that you and I have more than enough. That we're not working around the clock, around the year, just trying to make ends meet, just trying to scrimp by, even though we so often feel that way. But that we have more resources more time, sometimes even more energy than we, than we recognize and then we need to live full lives. Which is to say that we have an opportunity not just for rest, but we have resources to share with others around us. That's the gift of Sabbath. The gift of Sabbath allows you and me to be generous, generous with other people to recognize, yes, again, we have more than enough. Because without the opportunity for Sabbath rest, if God really does intend for us to work each and every day, except for maybe a dozen holidays a year, well, then we're all just scraping and fighting and trying to keep up so we don't get further and further behind. And none of us would ever, quote-unquote, get ahead and none of us would have many resources to share with others when they fall on hard times or when they come up against situations in which they have no experience or no expertise or no ability or no energy to face. 
God did not create a world of scarcity. God did not create a universe where everything is just enough. God created things abundantly. In fact, when Jesus came, he even said as much. He said, not simply that I came that people might live, but that they might live abundant lives. That they might recognize and celebrate that they have more than enough. More than enough skills. More than enough time more than enough relationships, and yes, even more than enough money to live as God intended them to live. To live in ways that are good and productive. And yes, generous and sharing with people around us. Because God created us to rely on each other. For some of us to be good at some things and others to be good at other things. God created us to enjoy each other's company, including sometimes working together, sometimes being generous together, and sometimes doing nothing together but just enjoying each other's company. In short, those are the type of lives that God imagined for us before we were created. But the world around us pressures us each and every moment that we're awake with the thought that we never have enough. Even worse, the culture around us almost always whispers or insists, we are not enough. No matter how much we do, no matter how hard we strive or how hard we work or how much we save or how much we try to do the right things, there are so many things around us that tell us it doesn't matter. You're simply just not enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not worthy enough. Does that sound like God to you? Is there any rest in that? Is there any love or peace in that? Is there any prospect or opportunity for generosity or sharing in that? Is there any opportunity to recognize good things in others in that mentality? So often I'm asked, what do I admire, what do I brag about, about Eastgate's ministry during the eight and a half years that I've served as senior minister? And one of the things I always highlight is our generosity. I love our congregation for our faithful and our persistent and our almost matter-of-fact generosity. We recognize and long have recognized that we have more than enough and that God is giving us the opportunity to share out of this abundance with others around us. A lot of those gifts are financial. So many So many congregations these days worry about how they're going to make ends meet, worry that the financial climate around us is against us, which the hard truth is, yes, it is. But they allow those fears to convince them that they just don't have enough. And so they start holding on to everything they can wrap their hands around, and they give away less and less and less 
out of fear. That's not been our practice at Eastgate. Part of our vision statement is serving others, and we put our money where our mouths are with that part of our vision. Sixteen and a half cents out of every dollar given to this congregation go to support the work and ministry of partners through our denomination, through the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and through other local agencies and ministries that we identify and give to each month throughout the year in the greater Kansas City area, and particularly in the independence community. And that's not where we stop. Beyond that, this congregation is always collecting items for those who are hungry or homeless, who need clothes. We're always thinking of more ways that we can give and share and help people with love and compassion to help them recognize some blessings and small abundances in their lives as well, even in the midst of horrible hardships. Frankly, there's not a month that goes by at Eastgate where we're not collecting a lot of things on top of our commitment to give 16 and a half cents of every dollar away in support, in investment of ministries that we partner with. Collections for young mothers so that they, well, that they can recognize that they are special and they can share some of that with the children that they are privileged to raise. Ways to celebrate the, the ministry and commitment of, well, mostly older men who sing around the community raising money for nonprofits in the area. Commitments to support people who are devastated by natural disasters and face a long road to recovery and beyond. That's the ethos, at least part of the ethos of Eastgate Christian Church. It's one of the things I recognized even before I accepted the call to serve as senior minister. It's one of the things I almost always tell others about our ministry. Frankly, I, I wish it wasn't so unique among congregations. And we're not alone in this, but as I mentioned, too many of us are, are so fearful that we don't have enough that we cling to what we think we do have. And it makes us less and less generous, certainly with our money, but even over time, with our attention and our prayers and our energy and our volunteering hours. That's not God's way. That's not God's design for the universe. And that's not the example of Jesus that you and I are expected to follow. During any time of change, there's anxiety. There's fear of, well, what's going to happen now? And sometimes those fears and anxieties, well, they can latch on to other fears and anxieties in the world around us or which may exist inside of us. I certainly hope that we don't, we don't latch on to the fear that we 
we don't have enough, that we're never enough, that we're not worthy enough, but that we remember the beautiful and blessed lesson of the Sabbath. Not simply that in the midst of all of our busyness, God wants to invite us to 24 hours a week of pure, blissful, well-earned rest. But the recognition that all of us, all of us, have more than enough, are more than enough. That we all have plenty to share, ways and means to be generous, to be helpful and useful to the people around us. And by the way, they have more than enough, and they are more than enough too, and they have ways that they can be generous, that they can share with us. And if sometimes we've lost sight of the ways that we can share with others, I imagine we don't have to think too hard to recognize the ways that others have generously shared with us. Don't buy into the 24-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year culture. Don't listen to the voices of the culture around us that say, you'll never have enough. Instead, listen to the patient teaching, the consistent teaching, by the way, of God since the beginning of creation. You have more than enough. You are more than enough. Enjoy this life. Live abundantly, and out of your abundance, share, give. Live and learn and grow together.